Hi guys, this is LD, and I'm here with tonight's Dynamite Recap. So, we're starting things off with the Tag Team Battle Royale to challenge Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus at Revolution. So, there are 10 teams, and they all enter the ring at the same time. So, there's 20 men, and this is too much action for me to keep up with. Um, the rules are that both members must be thrown over the top rope to be eliminated. And as I'm sitting here watching it, I'm hoping Santana and Ortiz win. All I, I don't want is the Young Bucks or Red Dragon. Private Party would be fine. Obviously, I always root for John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Best friends. Like, uh, I'm here for anybody. Okay, so I'm just gonna deal with the eliminations. <laughs> the first team eliminated was Butcher and the Blade. The second team eliminated was Private Party. The third team eliminated was 2.0. Oh, I'm sorry. The second team was the Gun Club. Then it was Private Party. Then it was 2.0. So John Silver and Santana are alone without their partners. And as I'm watching this match, I realize this tag team division is so amazing. Like, I can't believe how many great teams there are because not even all the teams are in this. Like, this is great. So Nick Jackson gets eliminated. So then it's Matt Jackson alone without a partner, John Silver without a partner, Santana without a partner versus FTR and Red Dragon and Best Friends. Actually, at this point, I got really confused. I was like, is Trent by himself? I totally missed um, his partner getting eliminated. And then Bobby Fish is eliminated. So then it's all just one man from each team remain. Oh, no, 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 no. It's Bobby F Bobby Fish got eliminated. So then it's Kyle O'Reilly by himself, Nick Jackson by himself, John Silver by himself, Santana by himself, and Trent was alone. And FTR was the last team remaining, so looked like they had a really good advantage. So, I totally freaking missed... Oh, no, I didn't miss it. I saw the elimination, but I can't tell freaking FTR apart. I know. I've had this problem since they were in NXT. They're just, like, Dash and Cax or Cash and Dax. And I, don't, I don't know. Like, one's bald, one has hair. And I can't even remember which one got eliminated. I know, I know, I know. I'm a bad person. So now every team has just one man remaining. So Santana and Trent have a showdown. And it reminds me of the best friends feud with that parking lot brawl and good memories. Oh my god. Like, I can't even stand it. Kyle and Matt tossed them out as they were busy fighting each other on the apron. Boo. The two teams I didn't want to win are down to the finals. Oh, actually, my only hope is Johnny Hungy. <laughs> but not if Matt Jackson has his way. Um, so the fifth team eliminated were Best Friends, and the sixth team eliminated were Proud and Powerful, and the seventh were FTR. So now, like I said, it's down to Matt, Kyle, and John. John Silver was impressive taking on Matt and Kyle by himself. It was a really good showing for him, and I love when the Dark Order don't get treated like jobbers. And Matt, Matt, oh, John Silver and Matt Jackson are eliminated by 
that, you know, Kyle O'Reilly. And I hate everything. Red Dragon. Ugh. I don't know these stranger bitches. Go back to NXT. Adam Page arrives. And all of a sudden, I'm invested again. And Adam Page is fucking up Red Dragon. And the Young Bucks, like, Matt Jackson puts his hands up and is like, have at it. Like, nothing to do with me. I'm not saving them. They're Adam Cole's friends, not mine. <laughs> and Adam Cole comes down and tries it. But my cowboy wasn't born yesterday and saw it coming. Red Dragon save Adam Cole's dumbass. And they try to get Adam Page. But John Silva ain't having it. And he makes the save. And I love this. And there's such loud cowboy shit chants. This Connecticut crowd's all right in my book. And Adam Page has the mic. And it's story time with Adam Page, baby. And he talks about going back to 2008 when Adam Cole became a wrestler. I'm like, Jesus. Like, we're really going to, like, how much time is this story going to take? But it's not long. And I'm joking, Adam Page. I love, I could listen to him all day. Just gentle teasing. And he talks about how Adam Cole was world champion everywhere. But then he decided to come for the AEW championship. And it's, it's a really good promo. And he calls himself the better Adam. And I love it. Because um, Adam Cole calls him the other Adam. Which to me is like nonsense. Because Adam Page is like the only Adam I acknowledge. But I'll take Adam Page's the better Adam. So yeah, it was a great promo from Hangman. I'm sure it'll be up on the AEW YouTube. And I have a Facebook page. LD's Pro Wrestling Babble Podcast. And I always post, you know, things from YouTube and other content from AEW. So if you want to check that out all in one place so you don't have to track it down. And then we segue to Brian Danielson talking to Tony Schiavone about Daniel Garcia. And Brian talks about how he was trained by William Regal, but Garcia's with 2.0. And then, oh my gosh, there's this amazing Maxwell Jacob Friedman promo. And I am not kidding you. This is amazing. And I am one of the people who sees his potential in the future. And he's cut some good promos, but there's always something missing in his promos. Sometimes he rambles. Sometimes he doesn't get to his point. Sometimes I feel like maybe he's even gone over his time. But this promo is so good and like I know I'm being worked but it's like blurring that line where he's using reality and he's using his real life and like I would have to have a heart of stone not to be like touched by this and I know it's gonna blow up like you know he's the heel and it's gonna blow up in my face like believing him and like feeling bad for him but that's where I am right now and it's so funny because when you look at it from MJF's point of view, you know, everyone loved Punk's, oh, it was just another Friday for me or another Tuesday. And, like, think about how that really makes him sound, like he doesn't care about the fans. And then when you hear MJF's promo about how much that day meant to him, like, I'm just gonna say it. Everyone's talking about, ooh, he'll churn and this and that. Eddie Kingston tries to tell you all the truth. So, I don't want to hear nothing about, 
oh, look, you know, Punk's becoming the heel. Punk's been a heel to me, but mm, nobody wanted to listen. Yeah, so. My God. The, 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 like, MJF is, like, bare in his soul, and it's crazy because, like, oh, like, I wish I knew him in real life because I want to know how much of this is real and how much of it is fake. Like, getting made fun of for being Jewish, like, guaranteed. I, I know that's, that's real. I don't think he would fake it. But, like, the ADD, like, I don't know, man. It was crazy. And then CM Punk comes down to the ring, and he's, like, all concerned. And he's like, is that real? And I think even CM Punk feels bad, which is totally, it's wrestling, so it's going to bite him in the ass. But, you know, I'm glad he felt bad about it. Like, and that's awesome. Like, if, if his only goal, if MJF's only goal is to make CM Punk feel like the biggest piece of shit, Mission accomplished. Hats off. Bravo. Somebody gift this guy a new Burberry scarf because he deserves it with that promo from tonight. And now it's a backstage promo with 2.0. And by God, they're fighting for their son. But like for a split second, Daniel Garcia didn't look too convinced. But 2.0 talk about how they came in together with Garcia. And now that he's well on his way to becoming the best, you know, Daniel Bryan wants to come in. And just, it's a good promo, 2.0. They never go wrong with that. And then there's the House of Black, Malachi Black and Brody King. The Kings of the Black Throne. My God, there's so many names for these people. Versus Pac and Penta. You know, Death Triangle. And he's Pento... Ugh, Pento. What am I talking about? He's Penta Obscuro? I'm just going to call him Dark Penta because I don't want to, like, butcher that. So, it was a really good match, but, like, I would watch Pac and Dark Penta wrestle anybody, anywhere, anytime. And Dark Penta gets the pin on Malachi Black. And Penta is smart and he covered um malachi's mouth as he tried to split spit the black mist and now this bitch is choking on it and then brody king attacks pack and dark penta and ugh. malachi has penta's shovel which yeah that's a whole thing penta came down with alex and like had a shovel and it, it's, it's it, was, it was crazy you actually really need to watch that entrance actually because I'm not going to do it justice but he's got Cody's golden shovel and that was like such a nice touch but yeah and so Malachi has the shovel and holy shit this bitch is going to decapitate Dark Penta and then the lights go out and Buddy Matthews appears and he's the former Buddy Murphy from WWE and they're a holy shit chance from this crowd. Like, I liked Buddy Murphy. He was a great cruiserweight, 205 Live. No shade or disrespect, but like the holy shit chance. Like, this guy, I think, got a. Don't get mad at me, guys. I swear to God, I think the crowd was hotter for Buddy Matthews than they were for Keith Lee. Like, what has happened in this crowd is. This crowd is nuts. So. The crowd thinks that because of Buddy and Malachi's prior history in WWE, that he's um, Buddy's come to attack Malachi Black, but no, he's part of the House of Black. And I already read about it online, so I wasn't surprised. 
and Penta and Park are getting their shit kicked in, and I'm not here for it. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm more hyped for Buddy Matthews than I was for Brody King. But that's because I know who Brody is. I mean, I know who Buddy is. I, I, don't, I didn't know who Brody was. Sorry, guy. Oh, poor Pack and Penta. So the first hour ended, and it was jam-packed. And then there's a quick um, Britt Baker DMD and Thunder Rosa package. And there's going to be a contract signing for their match at Revolution. And then Eddie Kingston appears. And commentary is talking about how loud the crowd is. And it's an ovation for him. And the crowd certainly loves him. And then he gets to the ring. And there's like a line of security guards. And he's like, what the fuck? And I'm just sitting here laughing because Jericho is scared of him. And of course, Jericho comes out and everybody sings Judas. It's a reflex, okay? Like, no matter how much I hate Chris Jericho in storyline or real life, people are allowed their opinions. I don't... I can separate the art from the artist, whatever. But, you know, even I would sing Judas. Like, it's a, it's a bop. It's a jam. I can't help myself. Like, oh my god, if I was on camera and everybody, like, I watch wrestling online with, like, would roast me for it. But, like, I don't care. And Eddie wants this time to go to the women to wrestle a match. He's like, get um Willow Nightingale out here. And, uh, what did he say, Chris Statlander, too? I know he, like, but he was just like, he, he doesn't want this. He's like, I'm not a sports entertainer. I'm a wrestler. I'm not here for all this. You know what I'm saying? Like, this time could be used for something better. And unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, I'm here, I'm entertained, but um, doesn't matter what Eddie wants, because Chris Jericho's getting his way. And this is a great promo, do you call it a, yeah, it's a promo segment, great back and forth, I would obviously recommend watching it. And Chris has a little story to tell. He talks about how when it was announced that Eddie Kingston was going to have that match with what's-his-name. Oh my god, so ridiculous. The locker room was thrilled, and Chris didn't know who he was. And then he saw him, and he was like, he looks like a jobber. And then he talks about how he knew Eddie was going to be such a good baby face, and Eddie's like, what's a baby face? And I will forever love whoever it was on Twitter, and I'm sure they didn't invent it, who said Eddie Kingston... His whole gimmick is that he doesn't know wrestling is fake because I loved that. Because, like, I don't mind breaking the fourth wall and all that stuff. But at the same time, if you do it too much, it's dumb. And, like, it's true. Like, Chris Jericho is just trying to put himself over and use an insider terms that get a pop. And it's like, what is a baby face? It's just like when Cody was doing all those promos about I'm not going to turn heel. Bro, like, why are you, like, we know wrestling's fake. You don't have to, like really throw it in our faces so that what's a baby face from eddie who like really got to me and jericho's talking about this kid, this guy's got physical and mental issues and i'm like jesus christ and he's talking about how eddie's jealous of him because he made it when he was so young and eddie was only 30 was only 38 eddie was 38 and he didn't do what he did by his age blah 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 and eddie's like you want a cookie and Eddie's just so much good shit, just watch it, but he's talking about, I'm not a Connie like you, and then Chris Jericho talks about Eddie's got a fear of success, and that you looked up to your uncle, and he was a loser, and your dad's a loser, and I'm just like, I know the security in the ring, but like, 
I really can't believe Eddie's like holding his temper in character. And it, even in real life, it, it's getting like, I know they probably like discuss it beforehand. I'm not stupid, but like somebody's saying shit like that to me, man. My God. But yeah, Jericho accomplished his mission of coming across as a dick. And ooh, I forgot. I loved this part too. Eddie called him out on being a leech and sucking the blood out of the younger guys to get more over. And I was trying to do it to him. Oh my god, it was really like it was really good. And then there's a Andrade Hardy family office um promo, but like I feel bad because everything else I'm like still all like out of it because I'm thinking about MJF's promo and then you guys know I like can't think straight when Eddie Kingston does anything. So that's like got me going. So yeah, there's a Hardy family office pro promo. And apparently at Revolution, it's going to be Private Party, Isaiah and Mark, and Andrade versus Sammy Guevara and Darby and Sting. Which is, I don't know why that whole pairing makes me like, what the hell? But it really, really does. And next we have a Face of the Revolution ladder match qualifying... Face of the Revolution ladder match, qualifying match, and it's Ricky Starks versus 10. And I'm going to say, going into this, for some reason, because <laughs> you know how like people joke with AEW, you always know who's going to win, or, you know, most of the time. I call this one 110% wrong, Ricky Starks versus 10. I love Ricky Starks. I really like 10, but I like 10 mostly from his um being the elite, you know skits with the dark order but 10's been on a little bit of like a push lately like adam cole only really beat him because of a low blow so i'm like thinking in my head i'm like i know they're really conservative on how they use ricky starks because of his neck like it's fully healed it's not fully healed it, he's cleared for action or obviously he wouldn't be in the ring but he talked about how it won't his neck really won't be a hundred percent for like two years so that's why we, and, but like, you know, I love that Tony Khan, you know, see something in him and puts him on um, commentary for Rampage and everything. So, you know, he's like high on him and he's not holding like an injury against him or anything. But I didn't think they'd put Ricky Starks in a ladder match. So like, I just went into this, like not even paying attention because I'm like, oh, obviously 10's going to win. And I was wrong. Ricky Starks won. So... I don't know, with all those big guys, they need someone smaller that they can, like, throw around and do high spots, and I, I guess it's going to be Ricky. Damn, bro. Okay. Like, it's it's not wrong for him to win that match. It's not wrong for him to be in this match, but, like, I'm just worried about the kid's neck. Okay. And then Red Dragon, Adam Cole, and the Young Bucks are backstage, and it's, oh. All this drama, and I don't know, and Adam Cole's, like, it looks like he's, like, I don't know. And it's, like, bro, you made all this drama. Why did you think? Like, this is, like, ugh, I, like, I literally can't. Like, I'm assuming Adam Cole is trying to drive the Young Bucks crazy. But that's just, like, my own theory. Like, he wants to break them up because, like, why else is he bringing in, you know, Jay White? Why else is he bringing in his other best friends when you be in the super clique? But now you know, you bring in these other guys, and they're a tag team, and tag teams want to be the champions, and there can only be one champion, like, 
I'm just so like for him to be like frustrated with them fighting doesn't make sense to me but we'll see where the story goes so next we have a match with the bunny versus jade cargill and i'm big on the bunny love her but i love jade and we know jade ain't losing so it was actually a really good match that i have to rewatch because i did not give it the attention it served but like the bunny almost had it and there was a part where you know she went to cheat and like jade blocked it and it was so good and i really like i didn't think they would let bunny win even with cheating but that's the thing i love about wrestling it makes you believe for a second like when it's happening i'm like oh shit and you know whatever okay so then jade cuts a promo in the ring and i'm so proud of her because you have to have noticed they never really let the women have a live mic. They always do these pre-taped vignettes. And she's so new and green and a rookie, but, like, she held her own and good for her. So Ty Conte comes out to challenge her. And then Bunny attacks uh, Ty. And then Anna Jay comes out. And where is my Penelope? Because, like, this is a blood feud. And if they're all going to be there, like, get Penelope out of catering. This is, like... Justice for Penelope over here. So at Revolution, it's going to be Jade versus Ty Conte. And I feel confident saying that Jade's going to retain. But they are really high on Ty Conte, so who knows. So actually, hmm, this is actually a really good match for the pay-per-view because you don't know that Jade's going to necessarily win. So that's cool. And then Keith Lee cuts a promo, and I'm not a fan, and I don't know why and I just don't and like Ricky Starks mocks him and like I already loved Ricky Starks but it made me love him more and then it's the main event and it's Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia and it's okay I'm I don't have a problem with Garcia. Like, I can see how talented he is, and I can understand why Brian wants to work with him. And, like, I just don't get why this kid gets so many main events, though. Like, I don't know. So, I guess during the commercial break, he was, like, out wrestling Brian. And I don't know. I do think it's really cool that Brian Danielson is such a giving wrestler, and that if he thinks this kid's good, that he's going to put on a banger of a match, and he loves wrestling, and... He just loves doing it against a talented kid, and it makes him happy. So that's cool. And then Brian submits him easily, and, you know, he's like a jerk, you know, healing it up. And, you know, it's awesome. 2.0 come out to defend their son. There's a whole thing about, on BTE, about 2.0 being, like, Daniel Garcia's dad, and they, like, play into it on Twitter and stuff. So just so if somebody, I just realized if somebody doesn't follow online and happens to come across this, they might be like, why is she referring to this grown man as their son? He's their wrestling son. Just like, you know, Brian wants to have, you know, a stable full of wrestling sons with um, Moxley. So 2.0 come out and attack Brian from behind. And then the music hits and Mox makes the save. And, you know, John Moxley cleans house. And Dan Brian Danielson um, and John Moxley booked themselves for a match at Revolution. And this pay-per-view card looks sick. Like, 
doesn't matter what the card was, I was already gonna buy it, but, like, there's so many good matches, and this episode of Dynamite really was great, and definitely you should watch it, if you're, like, on the fence, and you're, like, I don't know if I have time, like, definitely, you know, watch, fast forward through the commercials, completely worth it, but they have a goal in mind, they're building towards the pay-per-view, and when they, when Tony has, like, a vision that he's going towards, the show really shines, so that's all for this episode, sorry that it was so long, I'm really out of the habit of doing this, I'll try to cut it down in the future, but thank you for listening, and have a good day, or a good evening, and I'll see you next week.